Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, welcome to the show. We're going to get started here in just a second. But first, last week there was a major issue with our Patreon subscribers not receiving the email alerts when new episodes dropped. It's been an ongoing thing with email alerts failing to make it through the series of tubes to all of our Patreon subscribers. But here's the best solution for that problem. The Patreon app for your smartphone is the best way to stay up to date with new episodes, and it's the best way to listen. Every time there's a new episode, you're going to get an automatic alert on your phone, notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and notifications for the Friday After Party and the Shadow Docket shows, too. You can listen at home or in the car with just a couple of swipes, and you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each episode. Subscribe for as little as $1 a month at bobsuskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. Then download the Patreon app from the App Store onto your phone, and you're all set. Thank you for supporting this completely independent podcast, and now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Is that the full poop? And nothing but the poop. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, September 28, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? What's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 252, the Biden-Harris administration, 407 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And here he comes, Buzz. Yeah. You've said it all. I just said it all. How you doing, my friend? How are you? Sorry, sorry, Senator. I just don't have that kind of cash on me. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi. Hi, Bob. How hi, everybody. Doing? Sorry to interrupt well. the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's quite all right. Yeah, I just got off the phone with my senator. Uh, he He's Bob. Uh-huh. I'm Buzz. And, uh, well, the recount is over. And we picked up 99 new listeners. <laughs> Uh, let's get right to the headlines. Uh, R&B singer convicted of sex trafficking. <laughs> or to put it another way, R. Kelly, M. Guilty. <laughs> uh, the Washington Post reports that retail and restaurant workers have left those jobs mm-hmm. for better paying jobs in the legal marijuana industry. <laughs> also, they don't have to sneak out back to get high. <laughs> Where do I sign up? Where do I turn in my resume? What's not to like? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to make of this. Uh, here's what I read. The lack of ethical people in today's Republican Party is now being blamed on a supply chain shortage. <laughs> how does that? I don't under. 
Well, we've, uh, we, I, this is good news. We've figured out what to do with all these people who refuse to get vaccinated. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I understand there's room now under a bridge in Del Rio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and 88-year-old Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley <clears throat> says he will run for another six-year term. Oh, God. I, I, I say good for Chuck. Mm-hmm. I hope to be that senile when I'm 88. <laughs> a whole lot of lumps. And scientists in Canada hope to use DNA to create a woolly mammoth dinosaur, Mm -hmm. first one in over 4,000 years. Wow. They hope to do this by combining the DNA of an elephant Mm -hmm. and Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here comes Rocky Mountain Mike. Yep. story about a D.C. Beltway criminal type Who had to quit his White House job because he had another country on the side (laughs) Well, he went into a restaurant and wouldn't even finish up his plate He said they've gone and laced my salad with some Hidden Valley DNA Have noticed Giuliani, Sidney Powell, they must be high. Mm-hmm. Drunk. It's reported they've been drinking and are running around with Flynn and going wild. <laughs> and we don't believe you ought to be telling people vaccine lies today. Like when Mike Flynn said they've juiced him with some hidden valley DNA. <laughs> The day Obama sought Mike Flynn with some hidden valley DNA. God. Yeah. Yeah. We're laughing and applauding to keep from crying and screaming. That's oh, it's usually. all you can do, right? Because <laughs> it's it's dark out there, Bob. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's dark out there. Yes, exactly. Every time I laugh, and you know what? There is an old man who sits behind me in a chair and laughs out loud to everything we say. I don't know if you've noticed That's this. That's me. Yeah. No, it's not you. It's actually me and our friend C.C. Grace used to think that there was some other guy who sat behind us, but it was just it's just me laughing. I, I, I guess I sound like an old fat guy when I when I laugh. But I'll take it. Yeah, whenever we laugh, uh, imagine that inside we're going, oh, God, no! Yes, that's that's kind of the wild, wild translation. Crying. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no, screaming, wild screaming and crying while we laugh. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Well, you know, every once in a while, though, Buzz, we get some good news. We get some interesting revelations uh, coming out of uh, former Trump officials. Sometimes uh, information documents are leaked and yeah. so on. And we get, you know, we can kind of genuinely laugh at the misfortune of uh, the former president, and, right? And we, need, and we need this, and I'm looking forward to it. But I, I have to tell you what my starting point is. Okay. Okay, Bob, and that is that, uh, you know, and I tweeted this week that if justice doesn't come soon, it isn't coming. Uh-huh. Now, uh, you take Matt Gates for example, just yeah. to choose a, uh, an example, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Matt Gates case. Um, we understand that, uh, you know, Greenberg is cooperating like crazy, <laughs> that uh, they've dropped a lot of the charges against Greenberg in exchange yeah. for a lot of help in prosecuting Gates. So, uh, on one hand, you can feel confident the prosecution's coming. I've often said you have to be patient. The wheels turn, but they turn slowly. I And I think I said this last week, I've joined the ranks of the impatient now mm-hmm. uh, because the clock is ticking. Time is running out. 
uh, justice delayed is justice denied. It's it's time to get moving. And I hope the things that you're about to, to bring to us uh, help toward that end. Yeah, well, when it comes to Matt Gates, imagine it this way. We just now... Uh, received, uh, you know, the good news about R. Kelly finally getting right. his yes. comeuppance. I was joking about R. Kelly on my VH1 sketch comedy show 16 years ago. So that gives yeah. you an idea in terms of how uh, slowly justice sometimes works in this country, especially if you're a rich, well-connected guy. Yeah. And in this case, he he assaulted thirty, uh, assaulted dozens of women over thirty years. Yeah, yeah. A thir- you know, and there was justice, but it did not come in time to help the women who were abused over those thirty years. Mm-hmm. That's too long to wait. Yeah. Um, uh, in many ways, justice delayed is justice denied, and it certainly was for those young women. Well, and then when we girls. fast forward to everything we're talking about these days, some of which we're going to discuss right. today, yes, uh, right. including the Robert Kagan piece in the Washington Post, which, by the way, is a must-read. We'll get to that in a few minutes here. But in the meantime, it's so imperative that the wheels of justice start spinning a little more quickly. And yes. I'm, t- I'm looking at the Department of Justice. I'm looking at the uh, the House Insurrection Committee. I'm looking at all of these different investigations into Donald Trump and all of his malfeasance, all of his criminality, all of his fascist idiocracy. And I feel as though it needs to be swift, or it, we'll add the ER at the end. It needs to be swifter at this point, and- because the longer we wait, the more they get settled in, the more Trumpism continues to metastasize and the more copycats emerge going well i guess we can do this now i guess it's okay no one's uh, no one's going to prison for it a smart prosecution a smart prosecution is one that does not show its cards i understand that yeah but there are millions of us out here who would like a sign Mm -hmm. throw us a bone yeah give us some indication that you are pursuing justice yeah yeah where it's needed um, uh, it's just, it's taking too long. Uh, we're, it's going to be the, you know, the 22, uh, midterm campaign season is, is soon upon us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we've got to take care of some of these things and quickly before the window of opportunity closes and it might. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, and when it comes to this house insurrection committee, we now have news and, and we covered this a little bit on the uh, Friday after party, but the news that came down on Thursday is mm-hmm. yes, indeed. Subpoenas are handed down to uh, what Mark Meadows, Steve Bannon, yes. uh, Dan Scavino, absolutely cash Patel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the key now is, is to not just hand down those subpoenas, but to enforce those subpoenas. Right, and Chairman Benny Thompson has indicated that he does intend to uh, enforce them, and there's been no indication from the Department of Justice that it will stand in the way of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, this may play out in court again, which drags it out further, but I think, I hope, this time, the Democrats in Congress are not going to let this go. Yeah. Well, Adam Schiff was intimating the same kind of thing on Lawrence O'Donnell's show, I believe it was Thursday night, and saying that, look, we're going to talk about contempt here. We're going to talk about a favorable DOJ that will act upon our recommendations now. There's no more Bill Barr to obstruct for Donald Trump, and we knew that was happening throughout uh, the previous four years. But uh, Rick Wilson wrote a a tweet thread here of recommendations for the Democrats as far as approaching these subpoenas and making sure they get enforced, making sure they have some teeth behind them, and I think this is so important. And once again, those of you who listen to the after party 
got this scoop already uh, on Friday, but it bears repeating now. And and you know what? Look, say what you will about Rick Wilson and his organization, the Lincoln Project. The fact is that these guys have been fighting Republican battles for decades now. They know where the vulnerabilities are. They know right. how to outflank the Republicans because they once were Republicans. So I take what they say in their recommendations maybe more seriously than I should, but I think it's important. I think it's it's valid. I think it comes from a place of experience, and I get the sense that they're earnestly trying to uh, reveal some secrets and reveal so some end arounds that we may not and, have known otherwise. And, and right now we need the allies yeah. and we may not agree with them on, uh, in fact, uh, we can probably count on not agreeing with them in the future, yeah. but right now they are allies uh, that we need. And furthermore, they're on the front lines of fighting our battle. They're yeah. on the front lines with us. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember the uh, miniseries V back in the early 80s? Yes. It was about yes, an alien invasion. Well, yes. Robert England played one of the alien invaders mm-hmm. who was actually a good guy, and he flipped sides and joined the human resistance and was able to offer the human resistance insights, yes. uh, Mark Singer and all the others, into how the aliens thought and what they might do next. And that That's was... Right. In- <laughs> It's invaluable for the humans. And that is my archaic reference uh, for the day. Thank you very much. Yeah, but you know what? Even if you never saw the show, that story you just told makes perfect sense. It it, it is a perfect analogy to uh, what Rick Wilson is. Mm, Well, here's Rick Wilson's recommendations for the 1 6 committee. He says, Now let me take a moment to note something for the 1 6 committee. Each one of those Trump MOOCs will resist the subpoenas. Each one of them will demand to testify in private. Each one will make spurious claims of executive privilege. Each Uh one of them will lie. Lie and lie. Now, and this is the tricky part, but try to pay attention here. Fuck these guys, he said. (laughs) Don't let them or their lawyers wedge you into phony courtesies and hollow formalities of the old Washington. These are people who would have gladly burned down our nation. They tried. One six for them wasn't a failed coup. It was a training exercise. Right. Bannon, an avowed Leninist who wants to destroy every institution to rebuild them in his own alt-Reich vision, Meadows, an apparatchik who could carry out any excess. Patel, dirty from the jump. They are the most hostile witnesses. Hostile to the truth. Hostile to the country. Hostile to democracy and the republic. They'll be playing for the Fox camera. Your task isn't simply to investigate, but to humiliate. Keep in mind the power of spectacle which is too often underappreciated in politics. Keep in mind that the Trump acolytes and anal leeches, oh boy, will plan uh, and execute the same outrage at scale. These are enemies of the American people and should be treated as such. I'm a sterner sort than anyone on the committee, but for once, get the taste of blood in your mouth. For once, act like you fucking mean it and force subpoenas. DOJ will back it. Jail obstructionists demand candor. Follow the phones, follow the money, follow the email trail, the Venn diagram of White House slash Trump world conspirators and the angry mob is filled with some uh, truly degenerate and vile human filth like Roger Stone and Ali Alexander. Live hearings. That's what I like to see. Yes. Fill the media void with the Trump mutant parade. Bring in the spawn of Trump. Make it hurt. And then he said, uh, enough for now, more to come. And that was uh, Rick Wilson the other day with the... I think appropriate recommendations. They played nicely. They played, I think, with kid gloves too often during the uh, two impeachment trials as far as and, subpoenas and, and investigations and getting and those we, people dragged we, into Congress. We, but yeah. and, we, and we see how that worked out yeah. for us. Yeah. So it, it, it's time to stop screwing around. And this has been our message lately. Yeah. Uh, it, it is time to stop screwing around. It's time 
to give up some of the old politeness, as he mentioned there, and uh, and and get serious because uh, uh, this isn't Republican versus Democrat. This is democracy versus authoritarianism. Yep. And uh, this is a this is a this is for all the marbles. Yeah. And what do we see last time? And what are they going to do this time? They're going to drag this out. They're going to try to run out the clock until the next election, hoping that uh, Donald Trump we or some copycat, it. yeah, will come we along and rescue them. We, we can't do that anymore. Yeah, we just no, we can't no. we can't do that anymore. It's happened too many times. Yeah, it, it's it's time to crack down. Okay, so now uh, next up, we've got uh, some revelations from this Stephanie Grisham book, and you know. <laughs> I really, I sat here, Buzz, for a good half hour, 45 minutes debating with myself. Do we talk about the Stephanie Grisham revelations in this book? Stephanie Grisham, those of you who don't know, she was the press secretary under Donald Trump who never held any press briefings. She didn't really appear at all. She didn't do anything. I think she was somewhere between uh, uh, what's her face with the face <laughs> and uh, and Kaylee, Kaylee McEnany. McEnany. Yeah, uh, Kay- yeah, she was in between. She was the uh, you know Sarah Huckabee and Kaylee McEnany. Sarah Huckabee. Yes, that's that's the face with the face. Um, so yeah, so Stephanie Grisham uh, published this book, and I didn't want to give more attention to an ex-Trumper who's suddenly looking for absolution. That's not the point here. Uh, I I think that all of these people need to be treated as pariahs, and the fact that they were able to go off and sign uh, multi-million dollar book deals with whichever uh, publishing uh, uh, company that they uh, signed on with, you know, it it, it doesn't set well with me. I don't like this. I don't like uh, normalizing these people. Think think of her, think of her too, as a hostile witness. Yeah. This is what she's had to say. Yeah, yeah. So a bunch of things, though. In this book that are worth knowing, worth uh, repeating here from a perspective, at the very least, from a perspective of history, if not as a warning sign, a gigantic red flag going, hey, look, this guy's running again. Be careful. There are still two schools of thought on that, that he may that he that he may run, that he may not run. Maybe this is a fundraising scam. Uh, uh, you know, we don't know what his health is going to be. And furthermore, I keep hoping that if uh, the January 6th commission, for example, does its work, uh, maybe he won't be available to run. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping. I yeah. mean, and if we pursue justice as we should, uh, he won't be available to mm-hmm. run. If, uh, why is he out running around now? Why are so many of these people still out running around? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it, boggles the mind you know the republicans are the party that stormed the capitol the republicans are the party that refused to fund government they obstruct they destroy it's all they do uh, we have no alternative but to crush them yeah well it goes back to the the kagan piece and in fact a lot of the shit that i've been writing for the last five six years which is that uh, you know our system is ill-equipped to handle someone like Donald Trump. We don't know from a press perspective. We don't know how to handle it from a constitutional perspective, a rule of law perspective. There's no real system set up for a despot like Donald Trump rising to the presidency. Uh, so we're, we're kind of screwed until we set up strictures, we set up uh, guardrails to protect democracy from people who would like to exploit democracy to tear down democracy. And that's kind of what uh, Donald Trump is doing. But meanwhile, the Stephanie Grisham book here, um, the first thing that jumped off the page for me was Donald Trump's conversation with Vladimir Putin uh, that Stephanie Grisham apparently was, uh, you know, privy to. And she said, uh, Trump told Putin in Osaka back in 2019. Right. Okay, I'm going to act a little tougher with you for a few minutes, but it's for the cameras. And after they leave, we'll talk. You understand. (laughs) 
So this, and I mean, something else, a further, another brick on the wall, another thing that indicates that, yes, Donald Trump absolutely has been appeasing Vladimir Putin since before he was even president. This is a thing. And it's amazing, Buzz, how this has been relegated to the status of conspiracy theory, uh, especially yeah. since the Mueller I, report. There's got to be a stronger word than appeasement uh, for this, this sort of behavior. <laughs> yeah, but... motorboating is butthole. Thank another you. Word. Thank yeah. you. That's Thank you. Better. I always come up with something that'll sicken half our listeners. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, so this is another indication that uh, Donald Trump's priority was Russia and not the country he was president of. And again, mm. you know, uh, like her, don't like her, believe her, don't believe her. Uh, this is what this hostile witness has to say, and yeah. that should be considered. Uh, but uh, please, 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 let's prosecute all of these folks. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, I think Putin was uh, playing to Donald Trump's insecurities and flaws. Oh, yeah. And this was, uh, again, another example of this in the Grisham book. She said that Putin posted a sexy woman, a, a brunette, in the room in this meeting with Donald Trump to distract uh -huh. Trump. Yeah. So they were manipulating him. All along. And I don't think he understood that he was being manipulated. And no. so, therefore, he can get in front of his rally people and say, I, uh, I'm fine. I'm, any, tough on, I'm tough on Putin. If anything, Trump thought he was manipulating them. Yeah, right, right. That, doesn't that go to his personality? I think it does. Oh, yes, it does. So, uh, Miss Grisham says that a trip to North Korea inspired Mr. Trump to ask her to research ways the press could be permanently evicted from the James Brady briefing room. <laughs> A trip to North Korea inspired uh -huh. Donald Trump. North Korea. Donald Trump wants a North Korean policy when it comes to the press in the White House. Well, he, he traveled. He saw something he liked. You know, what <laughs> See, did he pick just, it up? Just incredible. Yeah. Just incredible. The ass kissing. You want to talk about motorboating someone's butthole? Uh, Donald Trump, every dictator well, he came across. And, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, exactly that. He wanted to be those dictators. He wanted to be like those dictators. So if he saw a dictator with what he thought was a good idea, yeah. he wanted to adopt that here. Why can't we do that here? Yeah. Well, Grisham defends herself a little bit, saying that she dragged sure. her feet when it came to that. So a she little, just, just kept yeah. putting him off. Yeah. The uh, uh, book's just now coming out, so I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, I take that with a grain of salt, too. Uh, yeah, look at me. I tried my best to make sure that he was right. blunt and that I right. kind of stymied him along the way. Uh, I'm not going to buy that shit. That's, that's the great thing about a hostile witness is you know not to believe everything they say. Exactly. She wrote that Mr. Trump called her while aboard Air Force One to defend the size of his penis after Stormy Daniels insulted it in an interview. Right. Yeah, he was really pissed off that Stormy Daniels described his uh, penis as, as being mushroom-shaped and, and uh -huh. little. And so uh -huh. he was pissed off. No, no, t tell everyone my penis is not mushroom shaped and tiny. Get that out right away. Yeah. I said, this is Donald Trump taking the bait every single time. Trump always makes things worse for Trump. You ignore that shit. You're president of the United States. You have access to the nuclear codes. Stop worrying about w what a porn star says about your weird looking dick. I mean, my New God. New York Times headline Trump penis not tiny. <laughs> At one point, Grisham wrote, uh, Mr. Trump's handlers designated an unnamed White House official known as the Music Man to play him his favorite show tunes, including Memory from Cats, to pull him to pull him from the brink of rage. He must say, you know, here's why he loves cats. He loves the, the costumes. He, he, he wanted James Corden's part. Yeah. 
I just saw a joke. I think it was a Norm McDonald joke on Weekend Update one time. He said, uh, today marks the uh, 10th anniversary of the show Cats on Broadway. Also, the 10th anniversary of a guy turning to his wife and saying, what the hell is this? <laughs> That's so true. So yeah, true. yeah. So I've uh, seen it. I can speak with authority. Apparently, Donald Trump loving him some show tunes. Isn't that an interesting take on Donald Trump and his alpha masculinity? Huh? Uh-huh, yeah. The uh, aide, uh, it is revealed later, is Mrs. Grisham's ex-boyfriend. She does not identify him, but it is Max Miller, a former White House official now running for Congress with Mr. Trump's support. Blah, 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 blah. That is uh, the music man, Max Miller. (laughs) Another another mob name for the mob. Yeah, and that could become its own musical, by the way. The, the yeah, music man, the musical, all about Max Miller. And then what they could do is play the music from the music man Broadway show to Donald Trump when he gets angry again. <laughs> what a what a goddamn baby. It's like, you know what it is? I'm surprised they didn't stick him in the car and drive him around the block when he couldn't fall asleep like an actual infant. Well, they did that when he was in the hospital with COVID. Oh, so. yeah, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, He yeah. slept like a baby after that. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, I just let, prosecute him, prosecute them yeah. all, and mm-hmm. and let's do it quickly. Uh, this is gonna. The longer they wait, the it's gonna lose its effect. The longer they wait, the more we risk democracy. Yeah, uh, it's it's our way of life is slipping away from us, and somebody needs to do something. Here is uh, the most fascinating section of this book so far in terms of the revelations. <laughs> Grisham wrote, she was a close-up observer of Mr. Trump's obsession with control and details a scene in which the president undergoes, oh my God, a colonoscopy without anesthesia, (laughs) though she doesn't name the procedure. They just, uh, I think it's the New York Times uh, investigated and found out that it was a colonoscopy because she reasons even temporarily assigning power to the vice president would have been seen as showing weakness. Right, right. So he underwent a colonoscopy without anesthesia, and why could I not have film of that? (laughs) (laughs) Film of Donald Trump getting a colonoscopy without anesthesia and being in intense pain. Well, or or intense pleasure, depending on... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, never mind. Never mind, because there is a possibility of that, too. You never know. Jesus Christ. A colon- Does anyone get a colonoscopy without anesthesia? And how badly has that got to fucking hurt? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it would or not. I mean, would it really have been bad for Donald Trump if the word got out that he, like every other person on the fucking planet, when they get a colonoscopy, he was under under anesthesia? Would that damage him in any possible way? This is the psychosis. This is how psychotic Donald Trump is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He feels the need to have a colonoscopy without anesthesia because he's so deeply insecure about his masculinity. That's how this needs to be read. Uh, she goes on to say uh, she reserves special ire for Mr. Kushner, Jared Kushner, whom she calls Rasputin in a slim-fitting suit. <laughs> At uh, one point, uh, Mr. Trump warns her not to get on Mr. Kushner's bad side. Uh, the truth was uh, pretty much everyone eventually wore out their welcome with the president, Ms. G- uh, Grisham writes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were bottles of milk with expiration dates. And that, of yep. course, is the tr- absolute truth. We've seen that on so many occasions where right. and Donald Trump has already started to throw uh, Stephanie Grisham under the bus. 
He's already made. Uh, I, I haven't looked at the statements because, you know, I'm a, a well-adjusted, sane person. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, he's already pissed off at Stephanie Grisham, insulting her and saying she was a terrible press secretary. You know, you know all the rest of it. All the best people, right? All the great people that he hired to be part of his administration suddenly uh, are awful, horrendous, sucky people who have. No business working in government at all. And we, we find this out after they've been hired and left. <laughs> you're useful until you're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So that, uh, so far, those are the revelations from the uh, Stephanie Grisham book. And I'm sure there are uh, many more well, to come. Yeah. To me, the big news out of the book was the, the conversation with Putin, uh, yeah. which helps fill in uh, some missing details from that story. Uh, and uh, this, too, could be important fodder for prosecution. Yeah. Uh, let it please come quickly. Yeah. I mean, what do we even talk about when it comes to prosecution on the Trump-Russia thing other than the fact that there are, what was it, 10 or 12 uh, obstruction of justice possibilities in the Mueller report that right. Mueller said point blank in Congress could be prosecuted by the Department of Justice. They just have right. to be, someone's got to have the balls to be able to do it. And so far... Uh, we haven't seen anything. So far, well, uh, crickets chirping. Initially, Joe Biden wanted to uh, not he, he He was very concerned that he didn't want his administration to be about uh, only prosecuting Donald Trump. He yeah. wanted to try to move things in a more positive direction. Well, you know, I, I, one of the problems that I see is just the classic political issue, which is, does one administration want to be seen as if they're prosecuting their political enemies? And right. that's a, a, a little bit of a hurdle that you have to kind of jump through politically speaking. But I think there are very few people who even give a shit about that anymore. And the only people who really do intensely give a shit about something like that are people like Chuck Todd and this, the Sunday show hosts and the usual, right. you know, right. cocktail party circuit, the D.C. media insiders who really care about things like that. And you know what? There was a time when I cared about things like that. But now we've gotten into a place where uh, if we give these guys a millimeter, they're going to take a thousand light years and they are yeah. going to exploit any weakness, any opportunity they, they have to institute fascist idiocracy in this country to the point where uh, once they gain control over one or more uh, branches of government, they are never going to leave. The stakes have increased so significantly that I just don't see any validity in uh, adhering to some of these old concerns. These They're not even traditions. They're not even norms. They're just old concerns. Like, oh, Jesus, uh, you know, Joe Biden, he'd be prosecuting his political enemy. He'd be prosecuting a former president. And then someone would come along and try to prosecute, the next president would try to prosecute Biden, and then so on and so on. And each, each president is preoccupied with prosecuting the previous there president. There has but, never been a president like Donald Trump. This, no. is a, this is certainly an extenuating circumstance. Yeah. And in, in our pursuit here, we, we have to flag the news media again. Mm -hmm. uh, which gave little or no coverage. I know none that I know of on certainly not on any of the nightly newscasts. No coverage of that uh, six point memo that seems to me uh, that we talked about last week. That seems to be the most damning piece of evidence to come along so far. Yeah. That uh, was revealed and died without any media coverage. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, House investigators and DOJ prosecutors are taking a look at that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, you know what? I, I, I wanted to move over and talk about the results of the Arizona audit, <laughs> which we covered a little bit on Friday, but I, there is a, another level of detail to this uh, since uh, the weekend that I want to 
get into here because uh, naturally, naturally, the goalposts have been entirely moved in this conversation. Doesn't matter what the well, results of the audit were. In their minds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in their minds. They're taking a uh, one table, one table out of the report, table 6.2, and blowing it up and taking advantage of the poorly educated who support them and uh, you know all the red hats and their willingness to buy into Donald Trump's bullshit just because it owns the libs or they're, they've got their grievances or the usual things things but they're obviously buying hook line and sinker donald trump's latest spin on this uh this audit report we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more coming up on uh, our big tuesday show right after these words delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery starring academy award winner russell crowe now available on digital Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The Bob Seska Show! Thoughts from a boxed red wine It's blood droplets that littered across the tabletop Cheers to the memory of a memory of a night I forgot Give it up, I tell myself I'm behind closed eyes Hiding and I missed you tonight But I wish you good night I'll be Yeah, from Spokane, Washington. Uh, brand new to the show, Snacks at Midnight is the name of these guys. Uh, song called Boxed Wine. Yeah. So interesting. I love this. Uh, this is from their album, Mom's Proud. Snacks at MidnightOfficial.com. Link in the description at BobSuska.com. Under this here show. Thank you for supporting all of our indie bands. Indie music. Yeah. Come, uh, I think we're doing Indie Music Countdown this weekend, I want to wow. say. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Snuck right up on me. I'm like, oh, shit. It's the end of the month already. Okay. Keep them coming. Yes, indeed. All right. So uh, let's see what else here. Yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, the fraud at results and yes. the latest uh, spin to come out of this. As you know, uh, not only did the cyber ninjas discover that, oh, yes, Joe Biden actually did win in Arizona, but they discovered that Trump lost, was it 261 votes right, and right. Biden and, gained 99. <laughs> right. So uh, the the margin of victory expanded by 300 votes yes. in this in this fraud. <laughs> yes indeed. I love this story. I love it. I love it. I love it. I was laughing yep. for days about this and boy did I need it. In fact, I feel like I've got a little bit of brain damage from the lack of oxygen from laughing for, for I, so I, many I, hours. I felt I felt good for you and Kimberly on Friday because I know your main two topics were the four indictments that were handed down yep. and this the fraud. Yeah, I I did big Cape Fear laughing like Robert De Niro on Cape. <laughs> this, this is me for like 3 days. The giant cigar 
staring at my computer screen. For, for those of you counting, I believe this is the seventh win for Joe Biden in this election in Arizona. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, got was, all the challenges. It was nice to see Brett Baer calling Arizona for Joe Biden again, again, months, months, and months later. But, of course, almost right away. I think this is uh, Friday morning. This is before the report even came out. The usual suspects, Boris Epstein and Donald Trump and all the rest of them, Jr. and you know the whole cabal of red hats, uh, they were talking about this one table from the report while at the same time saying, don't prejudge the report. Don't look at this report. It's fake news. The, the don't look news at the numbers. Is, yeah. <laughs> the preliminary report is fake. Don't look at it. Oh, and by the way, here's numbers from it. Just nonsense. So they're looking at table 6.2, which outlines some uh, alleged, and I underscore alleged because Maricopa spent a lot of time debunking each one of these things as being irregularities. They're not in in real time. Yeah, Yeah, they did it in real time, in fact. Exactly. So it amounts to around, give or take, 44,000 votes, these alleged irregularities outlined in Table 6.2. Well, Donald Trump, this is now his squeaky toy. This is now his favorite thing in the world to talk about. This is the 44,000 thing, to the point where he was able to extrapolate that out as if, despite the conclusions of the Cyber Ninja's report, the conclusions of the fraudit, Despite all that, Donald Trump's, yeah, I, I totally won. I totally won Arizona. It's victory, victory, victory for me, and now the election needs to be decertified so I can be president again. This right. is such fantasy land nonsense for the benefit of his gawking, gullible sucker red hats who and, keep pumping and, money into his Save America pack, right? And and now he's got his butt boy, the, the <laughs> dictator of Texas, Greg Abbott, uh, <laughs> investigating the election results in that state, which Trump won. Yes, what what I want to see is that uh, there were enough irregularities to give Joe Biden Texas. Wouldn't that be funny if they did an audit of Texas and determined that Joe Biden actually won Texas? Because it wasn't. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a close margin. I mean, I no, don't know if there's no. enough votes to be found to put no, Joe Biden on no. the top in Texas. Not in Texas, no. But it could take away. I mean, if Texas is anything like Arizona, it could take away uh, hundreds they, of votes from Donald Trump, couldn't it? They, they, but Abbott just doesn't have the time and money to fix the electrical grid. Uh, he only has yeah. time to take away women's rights and voting rights and uh, and and support Trump's lies about the, not just the past election but the future one. A number of people have been saying this, and I've been gratified to see it, that uh, January 6th and all of this stuff mm-hmm. isn't really about overturning the last election. Yeah. It's about overturning the next one. Oh, of course. Of course. And uh, what do you think? Did you see John Oliver this week, by the way? Um, there was a, was there a new John Oliver last night? or There there, there was. And one oh, of I mean, his... A seg- Sunday night, I meant. Yeah. Sunday night, yeah. One of his segments was on this very topic. And, okay. Uh, he, he took uh, to task Joe Biden's claim that we can out-organize and out-vote voter suppression. Oh, yeah. He said that's that's like saying, you know, the keys are locked in the House uh, and you're outside the House. Uh, why why haven't you, you know, what are you complaining about? Why, <laughs> you have keys, you have a House. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, you can't get to it, just as some people can't get to vote because of these new restrictions in texas mm-hmm, yeah. uh and, and so he really he challenged biden on a couple of things uh this week but but one of them i had to agree with wholeheartedly yeah and that was uh having faith and you know and i saw uh what was the uh senator i saw last night on rachel uh, a democratic senator saying uh that he uh, just he thought the republicans ought to do the right thing on, mm-hmm. on the budget 
idiot. They're not going to do the right thing. Yeah. You, you, you're wasting your time to even say that, much less count on it. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't do that what you have to do is overpower them that's right and and uh, democrats need to step up and overpower them and mm -hmm. of course democrats have problems of their own certainly with mansion and cinema and perhaps others uh there's a there's so many things going on and it's all it goes in a million different directions and it's all interconnected yeah and it, it's it's becoming quite a bit yeah absolutely well and now there's this uh additional dimension to it where they you know they just take little bits and pieces out of these uh audit reports and you know look right. i've been predicting this all along i said oh yeah i said uh thursday maybe friday but i've said it multiple times over the past five six years they don't need to have the facts on their side. All they need to do is take one little thing, one little teeny tiny line or a sentence, and they can blow that up into being a gigantic loophole that Donald Trump can just waltz right on through. Yeah, they had to have something for the conservative base out yeah, of this. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I were you? I was surprised that they concluded that Biden won. I was expecting. Oh the, the yes, predetermined results of this recount would right. be that, that Trump won. Yeah. Uh, no, they managed to sow doubt and and steal voter data, and uh, that's what this was really all about. And mm -hmm. get donations from the base. Sometimes the surprises come from unexpected sources, and that's mm -hmm. this one in particular. But Indeed. with these forty-four thousand votes, the thing that they're not telling their supporters—this is cut right to the chase here—the thing yes. that they're not saying is. Chances are those 44,000 votes that they're claiming are irregular in this table uh -huh. 6.2, they can very easily be split with the same percentages as the overall vote totals in Maricopa County. The assumption or... should be that it was whatever it was, 55-45 in favor of Biden. So the uh -huh. votes are are split that way. Uh, you know, you could even extrapolate it out to be, okay, well, let's just assume 50-50. And that would essentially mean if you were to count these irregular votes as uh, being uh, non-votes, if you were to strike all of these ballots from uh -huh. the rolls, uh -huh. uh, it would the election results would turn out exactly the same. They they would be the same. I I suspect most of the irregularities were Trump voters. Now that's yeah. just a suspicion on my part. But I, if I if I understand correctly, Texas only had one voter fraud case this past year, and it was a Trump voter. Yeah, exactly. There is no such thing as voter fraud. Statistically, it does not right. exist. Exactly. According to reporting by the Arizona Mirror, numbers listed on the table are unclear. For example, the Mirror's Jeremy Duda. Look out, <laughs> Camp Town racers, sing this song. Duda, Duda, Camp Town. Racetrack five miles long. Oh, do da day. <laughs> the review found 10,342 potential voters who had voted in multiple counties in Arizona based on voters with mm -hmm. identical first and last name, uh, middle initials, and birth years. However, the report says it's possible for multiple people to share those details. Oh, indeed. But, of course, this is all, you know, stuff that the suckers don't care about. The gullible red hats don't give a shit about. I know Donald Trump certainly doesn't give a shit about. He's just going to plow right through all that. You know, all the little details, all the little facts, you know, that make up uh, reality. <laughs> These are things that are completely irrelevant when you get the giant stomping baby crushing buildings with his uh, little teeny tiny feet. I, you know, we just it's lie after lie. Everything they say is a lie. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten used to that fact. I mean, I, I'm not surprised uh, anymore by anything they lie about. Everything they say is a lie. Mm -hmm. How do you fight that? Well, we have to crush them uh, prosecutorially. Yeah and electorally well meantime we've got some uh oh yeah you know what maybe we'll do this maybe we'll do sort of a future corpses of the week yeah future corpses of the week 
Oh, yeah, and our uh, sad Dixie. We need that music, too. Of course. <laughs> Time to get serious. Anti-mandate protesters invade a, a Staten Island food court over the weekend, mm-hmm. and this is going to be, again, future corpses of the week. Like right. We can totally anticipate the Mad Libs headline, Leaders of anti-mandate protest at New York food court die uh, of COVID. And that's, yeah, invariable. Sadly, and, yeah. some other people may go too. But God damn, I'm looking at this crowd of, of gawking yokels invading the, uh, the food court in Staten Island. And just, they're so delighted <laughs> by what they're so doing. And I'm just seeing, you know, a handful of them. I mean, there must have been 30, 30 of them, 35 of them. I'm, just, I'm seeing a handful of them already on respirators. I mean, I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying that when or I was they, looking... They, they're, they're carting around those little oxygen tanks? <laughs> well, not, no, not yet. But I was saying, it's like I can see the future. When I watch this video, I can see some of their futures, and they involve mm-hmm. uh, 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 ventilators. Yeah. So, Indeed. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so meantime, this uh, anti-vax cartoonist ended up with a bad case of COVID. This guy, Ben Garrison, uh, is, he's treating severe COVID with beet juice. and uh, uh, He'll be fine. Yeah. He, he can st- in fact, he can stop there. <laughs> yeah, he's treating his COVID and his wife's COVID with beet juice. Poor wife, by the way. Uh, he, uh, he's taking it. ivermectin. He's uh-huh. taking, uh, zinc. He's taking lots and lots of zinc. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> it is cold and flu season. Yeah. Yeah. And also the, the reason this guy is in the news is because he made a name for himself during the Trump years with viral cartoons that were heavy with conspiracy <laughs> theories and depicted the exercise avoiding ex-president as a hyper-masculine square jawed beefcake. And he is, of course, none of those things. But yeah, he had no idea how viral his cartoons are. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Meantime, uh, we have an unruly passengers update. Yeah, we're up to forty five hundred unruly passenger reports, according to the FAA. And remember, uh, some time ago, I was talking about this chart at the FAA website in terms of the number of investigations initiated into these unruly passengers. At the time, it was around buzz. It was around 619 or so. That was, uh, let's say, late August, early September. Now that number is up to 808. 808 investigations initiated into unruly passengers on airplanes. And it's about goddamn time that the airlines all get together and have a national no-fly list where yes. they share the names of these assholes and keep them off airplanes. Yeah, Delta, I don't know if we mentioned this last week or not, Delta uh, is ready to share its list uh, yeah. and is asking other airlines to join it. Uh, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, I don't know what the response has been or will be. But, uh, yeah, the only way to deal with this is the same with those lawbreakers in Washington mm-hmm. is uh, enforce the law, prosecute them. Yeah, Delta said it's banned uh, 1,600 people from flying, and it's calling on other airlines to share their internal no-fly lists of unruly passengers, saying in a memo, a list of banned customers doesn't work as well if that customer can fly on another airline. Right. Great point. (laughs) Smart smart thinking there, Delta. I I tweeted all the airlines the other day, United, Delta, Southwest, I don't remember who all I included, all the uh, American 
uh, and uh, said, I, I told all the airlines I will fly again when you require vaccinated passengers. Yeah. I mean, someone's uh, going to get seriously hurt at some point. Uh, yeah. And so they need, yeah. To, they need to do both those things. And, yeah. and the airlines are asking for help uh, on mm-hmm. that. Uh, it may be time to bring back those air marshals uh, that we yeah. uh, employed after 9 11. Uh, but uh, swift and firm enforcement is called for here if you want to make that stop. Uh, on on that subject, uh, general subject of rage, uh, hospitals have started issuing, at least one hospital has issued panic buttons to its medical workers who find themselves in the position of having to tell anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers that their loved one has COVID because the reactions from those folks has been violent in oh, many sh- cases. And now Christ. hospital workers are under threat of attack from these angry idiot assholes. <sighs> I, we're talking yeah. about a, a nation that has experienced one of the worst terrorist attacks in the world involving airplanes being used as missiles, first hijacked and being used as missiles. Let's, let's put an air marshal on every major flight as yeah. we did after 9-11 at a minimum. Uh, and I'm sure there are other steps that, that could be taken. People mm-hmm. who are experts in security will have some ideas about this. Yeah. But... Uh, the only way to make the airline host- the airline violence stop and the hospital violence stop is to swiftly and firmly prosecute it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, how long are you going to tolerate this, Mom? Yeah. Well, she's gonna she's gonna tolerate it until she doesn't anymore. Yeah. So yeah. until we decide we're not going to tolerate it anymore, this will continue. Guy tries to get on an airplane. He actually got on the airplane. Gets on the airplane, sits down in his chair. And proceeds to try to light his shoe on fire because he's got some sort of explosive embedded in his shoe. Fails. Fails to do it. Cannot light his shoe on fire. Cannot explode anything on an airplane. Is arrested and convicted. And ever since then, and this is, we're talking about, what, 19 years ago, something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, Ever since then, we all have to take our shoes off at the security, the TSA checkpoint at the airport. We've got 4,500 reports of passengers being violent on airplanes. I mean, once again here, we cannot allow, just because they're influenced by politics doesn't mean that uh, you know, the the free speech clause of the First Amendment extends to every little last thing in this country. There needs to be some sort of cutoff point. Okay, look, you're endangering thousands, if not millions of other people with your irresponsibility when it comes to vaccines and masks and so on. This isn't a free speech issue. You're Flight endangering crews, other, yeah, you're on an airplane, you're endangering other passengers. This is not a free speech yeah. issue. The, the, the flight crews know that, and they, they fear for their safety. The pilots would agree with you, uh, that, although they are less endangered behind that locked door in most yeah. cases. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, the rest of the crew, certainly. Uh, and uh, they're asking for help. They're asking for protection. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, because they are there for safety, we need to make sure they get it. Again, the only, there's, we can make this stop. It should be pretty easy, really. Enforce the laws, and uh, if that means putting more law enforcement personnel on airplanes to make that happen, uh, it's time to do that. Now, uh, going back to uh, election laws, as it uh, correlates with COVID at this point, Mm -hmm. uh, Buzz, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, I brought this up on Fugelsang's show a a couple of Mm -hmm. weeks ago, I'm wondering whether the big lie election laws are meant to balance out the fact that Republicans are dying from COVID all over the place. (laughs) You know, I wonder if that's yeah. ever going to level off. You know, we're, you were talking about Joe Biden saying, hey, you know what? Maybe we could just power through all these election laws. 
that's kind of naive, but at the same time, I, I, they might, I mean, the Republicans are killing themselves. They might I, be I, able to balance think, this out. I think Republican leaders have factored that in because they have no shame because there is no limit to the number of ways they will add to their list of cheating methods. Yeah. There's no limit to what they will or won't add to that list. So along with voter suppression and, and everything else, uh, the voter suppression laws, uh, they've added COVID, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, they, they know that their numbers are down. So between, uh, you know, it, it's a way of compensating for that. These, these mm -hmm. voter suppression laws. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, in counties where Trump received at least 70% of the vote, mm -hmm. COVID yes. has killed about 47 out of every 100,000 people since the end of right. June. In counties, on the other hand, where Trump won less than 32% of the vote, that number is about 10 in 100,000. Mm -hmm. So that's a significant difference. This One in four. Republican, yeah, yeah this, is a Repub this is the Republican variant. Yeah, this is yeah. a Republican disease at this point. It's theirs, not ours. Right. Unfortunately, it puts all of us in danger. Yeah. And it extends this pandemic, which... You know, I still am experiencing th this thing where uh, I'm just, let me just, I'm trying to keep this safe. People I know mm -hmm. are uh, taking trips and uh, having visitors from out of town mm -hmm. and uh, just behaving as, and uh, going to restaurants and just behaving as though everything is normal. Yeah. While I sit at home playing it safe. And uh, do I have uh, some FOMO from that? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. I do. And some anger. Because I have the good sense to stay out of the fray. No. Uh, and because they don't, I have to stay locked down. This country, from top to bottom right now, is being ruled. The policies of this nation are being determined by a minority. Mm -hmm. Make it stop. Yeah. Yeah. And that minority not only is exacerbating the COVID pandemic, but that minority is, you know, barreling headlong without fucking a care in the world into this form of idiocracy with a gigantic layer of autocratic fascism on yes. top of it. And it is terrifying. Utterly, utterly goddamn terrifying. And one of the things I want to talk about next after we come back from the break is a little bit about this Robert Kagan piece in the Washington right. Post. We were mentioning that earlier in the show. Uh, a couple little uh, tidbits from this uh, to bear in mind and uh, and to move forward with this, but I, I, I'm not going to go over all the details of it. I urge you to read this piece from top to bottom because it, it might be the most important piece that you read all week, if not all month, if not all year year because it really outlines the stakes of what we're looking at in this country and it's not it's not good it's not good news not good stuff i'm, I'm going to spend the next oh, 60 seconds or so thinking you know uh <laughs> democracy or fascism democracy <laughs> or fascism yeah which is yeah yeah even worse it's fascism and we're, we're going to be putting sports drinks on the crops that's exactly <laughs> that's gonna work okay back they with have me. electrolytes <laughs> I'm serious. I'm 100% serious. They're taking horse paste. They're sn they're uh -huh. snorting uh, hydrogen peroxide. They're taking beet juice. My God, it's just, I, I swear. How different is that from putting Brondo on the crops? It's not different. It's the <laughs> same there. nonsense, and they're really, really, really doing it. Okay, back with uh, more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. 
Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob when our love is gone, I say hello to loneliness. Everything went wrong the day that I met you. Used to be happy all the time. Now I gotta bury it deep inside There's no such thing as happily ever after Oh good, thanks Brian Yeah, this is the great Brian Lissick right here Happy all the time, I love this song It's from his brand new album, Goodbye Stupid World (laughs) So perfect BrianLissick.com, link in the description under this episode at BobSeska.com and uh, BobSeska.com slash music to submit your stuff to the show. Thank you for doing that. All right. So uh, now that we're happy all the time, let's talk about uh, <laughs> let's talk about how we're all doomed. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless drastic action is taken, which is what I'm asking for, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we are. Now, once again, that laughter I just gave you there, Buzz, was uh, me really going, oh, God! That's nervous, yeah. nervous end of the world laughter. Yes, <laughs> right. yeah. So uh, Robert Kagan wrote this op-ed in the Washington Post. We've been mentioning it throughout the show today, uh, only because it's so worth reading. If you've been reading my stuff, you've been following this show. You've been following Buzz on Twitter. You've been following uh, Jody and and David and Kimberly on Twitter. There's this overarching. Uh, level of terror, uh, level of impending doom that if we're not careful, if we're not prioritizing, we could end up stumbling right into. Happens time and time again with democracies. They just end up falling into fascism somehow because it's the slow, you know, it's the frog boiling metaphor kind of thing. Robert Kagan writes in the Washington Post here, which I definitely urge you to read. I'm going to put a link in the description uh, so you can read it. One of the things that jumped out for me was this, uh, this section right here. In other countries where fascist leaders arise, their would-be opponents are paralyzed in confusion and amazement at this charismatic authoritarian. So much in that sentence right there. So much said that we're experiencing right now. I think a lot of people in the very serious uh, traditional news media are paralyzed in confusion and amazement. How do we cover this? What does this are there any there, laws or does the constitution apply to any of this? What's it's going almost on? as if it's almost as if they're afraid to say the truth because they're afraid it's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I also think there are quite a few liberals who I see on on Twitter and elsewhere who are just they don't know how to handle this. And this is not a game. This is we've seen all of the evidence of where he intends to go, where Trumpism will eventually lead if it goes unchecked, if we do not prioritize it as a, as an enemy of the republic. Uh, and so the, the next sentence here is uh, just as important. He writes, they have followed the standard model of appeasement, which always begins right. with underestimation. 
I'd have to be guilty of that, at least in the early days. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we all could have been guilty of that at some level. I think uh, a lot of Trump voters voted for him the first time around thinking, okay, uh, well, he's going to become presidential. He's going to hire people like David Gergen, and they're going to turn him into, uh, you know, a fairly typical president. He'll still be Trump. It'll do president things. And But no, nah, it never happened. It never happened that way. And I still see people today underestimating him and not uh, taking him as, as deadly serious as he needs to be taken. And yeah, look, I get for a couple of months there, we were allowed to enjoy the fact that he was no longer president, that Joe Biden had won, that Donald Trump was resoundingly defeated, lost to traditionally red states like Arizona and Georgia. And uh, so that was all good news. And we deserve to celebrate. We deserve to feel good for a little bit, take a break from the existential crisis. But now it's it's starting to with the midterms, you know, a little bit more than a year away. It's time to start putting away the euphemisms and our personal choices to ignore the biggest enemy of the republic to come along since the seceding confederacy. Here's another sentence from Robert Kagan, if I may. Sure. The the destruction of democracy might not come until November 2024, but critical steps in that direction are happening now. In a little more than a year, it may become impossible to pass legislation to protect the electoral process. That's right. That's right. And remember, um, he said this about a year ago. Donald Trump was uh, doing this particular bit during all of his rallies. He told his rally crowds that he deserves a redo of his first term. Think about that. In other words, he's not just interested, Buzz, in a second non-consecutive term. He wants at least two more terms. Translation, Uh if he wins, he will not leave. leave. Yeah, yeah. And so this is a, I mean, look, you could laugh at this and say, oh, no, no, the Constitution and the 22nd Amendment only says uh, two terms. And they could be non-consecutive, but it is only two terms. And the question is, though, (laughs) did the Constitution stop him from inciting uh, a mob to invade and occupy the Capitol building? No, the Constitution didn't stop any of that. That's the loopholes here. You know, you go back to someone like Andrew Jackson. It was like, yeah, okay, the Supreme Court has done this. Now make, now let them enforce what they've said. And that's kind of Donald Trump's approach. Yeah, uh, there are these strictures on the presidency, but there's no enforcement. And a lot of these things are unwritten rules. These are traditions, norms of the presidency. I don't need to abide by those. It's not written in law. But as we've seen time and time again, anytime the law creeps up on Donald Trump, Donald Trump pushes back, challenges subpoenas, you know, ignores shit. Or when it comes down to making sure he can continue to lead, make sure he doesn't lose his power, get his mob to violently invade a building, whether it was the uh, state legislatures or the state uh, courthouses and so on in places like Michigan and Ohio, where he uh, was protesting against the uh, mask mandates in those areas, or whether it was the insurrection. These are all cases where Donald Trump just didn't give a shit about, you know, what the law was or what the traditions were. This is something that he wanted to do to secure power. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the Constitution says two terms. He's going to take whatever he wants, and he's going to do whatever he can in order to get those terms. doesn't matter to him. I, yeah. I, I think that, you know, our weakness, one of our main weaknesses here is that not enough people know what you and I and the people listening to us right now know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are just flat not paying attention, and if we told them what we're telling each other, 
Uh, many of them would think we're crazy, you know, that we're spouting extreme theories. Uh, and, and the truth is, it's it's actually happening. Yeah. We're crying wolf because there is one. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I and if we're ignored... Uh, and, and you know, and I of course the, this is where the news media comes in. The news media hasn't covered it. They still haven't covered that six point memo on how Trump was going to overturn democracy. Yeah. And and if he if he were to run again, and if he were to get reelected, his you know that he's going to select a vice president who will do what Mike Pence wouldn't do. Yes. Do you want that? Do you are you going to allow that? Mm -hmm. How long are we going to tolerate this? If justice doesn't come soon, it's not coming. Yeah, it's a fair bet, Buzz. It's such a great point. It's a fair bet that what he'll do when he's vetting his next vice presidential nominee is, and, and bear in mind, Kagan predicts that Donald Trump will run again and he's very likely to get the nomination. So when he goes to pick his vice presidential nominee, you better believe that that Eastman memo is going to be on the table. Do you support this? Will you execute this? And I need your solemn you know, uh, oath to that effect. I need you to say, yes, I will do that. If you want to be we... vice president, you have to agree to do it. And how do we stop this? We head it off at the pass. We make it impossible for Trump to run again by prosecute him, yeah. prosecuting him before that comes. Because if he does run, he will be the Republican nominee, and mm -hmm. he could win. We don't even want to take that chance. Yeah. Uh, he shouldn't even be allowed to run. He shouldn't be walking free by the time it's time for him to start campaigning. That's right. yeah. He needs to be locked up before them. This is where Democrats, and uh, all the way from the Justice Department to Congress to the White House, need to put their foot down to, I hate to use the phrase, bring the hammer down on these folks, but that's what it needs to be done here yes. to make it stop. We need to prosecute Trump to keep him from running. We need to pass the voting rights acts in, in Congress in Washington to overturn these uh, voter suppression state laws. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's time to get fierce. It's yeah. time to aggressively, boldly do these things because were the tables turned, you know the Republicans would be doing it and will do it if given the chance. Yeah, and we know the things that need to happen to block him from yes. running again, certainly to block him from winning. We yeah, know what these the things are. Yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. I mean, you know, prosecution, imprisonment, and so on. Right. could totally stop him from being president again. The problem is we need to be prepared that some of those things may not happen. I mean, it's it's okay. Sure, to, we to, can't get, oh, we're not going to get everything. We're yeah, not going to get yeah. every person. We're not going to prosecute every crime. The big ones, the important ones, we can, we must, and we must do it quickly. Yeah, yeah. We need to be prepared for the fact that he's going to run again and that he may get the Republican nomination again, even though some polls are kind of indicating that maybe that won't be the case. I think something like, I mean, I think a super majority of Republican voters either don't want Trump to run or they want someone else to be the nominee. But his approval rating is still, still remarkably high, high among Republicans. So you can't count on anything right now, and you be, need to be prepared for the worst in the meantime. And and we can bring that down some, that, yeah. that Republican remaining Republican support for Trump, we can bring that down some with prosecution, mm -hmm. uh, just as it can be used to keep him from running again, which we must do. And yeah. it's just, with, I, I'm telling you, uh, the clock is ticking, time is running out, the window of opportunity is closing. I don't know how many metaphors I have to use, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, let's get with it, folks. We're losing yeah. daylight. Yeah. Well, it means some quick uh, poll numbers here before we wrap up. Political Morning Consult poll says 56% of Americans support the bipartisan infrastructure bill, mm -hmm. just 27% oppose. 57% believe the $1 trillion price tag for the bill is either the right amount 
or too little to spend. Oh, it's not not enough. Yeah, we have to talk about that price tag. Yeah, okay. Forty uh, percent of Americans, meanwhile, approve of the job the Supreme Court is doing. That's a record low. Fifty-four percent express quote a great deal or fair amount of trust in the judicial branch of the federal government from sixty-seven percent in uh, in twenty twenty. So that's, uh, yeah, there's a whole separate conversation happening right now about the politicization of the Supreme Court, which, <laughs> with great irony, Clarence Thomas we, is like, what's going on with all this politics in the Supreme Court? I don't understand. The Supreme Court has hurt its own credibility. Yeah. The news media has lost its own credibility, has right. hurt, it's done it to itself. Yes. These important institutions have lost credibility. That's mm-hmm. how things are spinning out of control. And I got to squeeze this in. I hear the closing music. But we have to stop talking about the price tag on Build Back Better and on the infrastructure plan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the cost, the net cost is zero. Mm-hmm. And uh, it shouldn't. The discussion shouldn't be about the price tag anyway. Uh, when Biden sat down with Manchin and asked him what he wants in to see in an infrastructure bill, they they totaled it up, and it was more money than Biden was asking for. Yeah, yeah. This this business, and it's the news media's fault as much as anybody's for focusing the debate on that amount mm-hmm. and not on what the bill actually does. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to be talking about that and more. Um, Good. This is, I, I still feel as though the uh, the infrastructure debate, the debate over the uh, the debt ceiling and the, uh, the uh, government spending bill and so on, right. these are all things that uh, bore me to tears. <laughs> I will have to say that, right? Yeah, that's why. Oh, well, uh, hey, let, me, let, me, let me simplify it for you and everybody. Yeah. Uh, Republicans have voted to shut down the government to yes. not fund it to not pay the bills we've already racked up exactly right and it's a discussion we have uh, so often in this country it really ultimately comes down to a discussion of uh republican brinksmanship and not really giving right. a shit willing to th- their willingness to sacrifice the economy and jobs and the possibility of a deep recession just so they can say ha ha look it's joe biden's fault nah, 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 neener, neener. what why should the party that stormed yeah. the Capitol give a damn about the deficit? The right. <laughs> well, we're going to also talk about Kirsten Cinema and how she's screwing things up even more yes. uh, this week. Uh, all that's coming up next on our Shadow Docket show. That's our bonus show on our Patreon page. Happens right after this music is done playing. Just go to patreon.com slash show. Sign up for $5 a month. You get the Shadow Docket after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show. And uh, about tw- it's about 20 minutes of shit that you, you definitely want to listen to. You definitely want to hear. It's super secret. That's why we call it the Shadow Docket. That's right. Mysterious, yeah. Well, what happens on the shadow docket stays on the shadow docket. Yes, please. We'll, we'll see you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.